Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Testament brethren and sisterin. There was a bit of a debate about the proper way of saying sisterin. Was it sisterin? Did we look that up? What is the proper way? It doesn't matter. There's an uh, one of our fellow Blue Testamenters, Urs, Urs, Blue Testamenters, uh, corrected us, didn't he? Or made a comment, right? Well, for the podcast's sake, it's sisterin, so it's not changing. He, he corrected us? Like He has I'm, any I right to do this. that? I, I didn't see it. Yeah, like, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not on the ball there. But Allie was surprised by uh, Thad's... I'm sorry, Thad's. Oh, my gosh. Cody's introduction. She jumped. I'm very jumpy. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of snuck up on it. It's one of my flaws. <laughs> Let's go around the circle. Who is here in the studio with me? 
Roll call. I'll start. Um, Allie Trost, present. Thad Bell, present. Thad Bell, the second time. <laughs> no, Robert Russert. Robert Russert's imitating me again. That's right. They think that's funny. I don't get that joke. I just thought, you know, hey, let's throw it out there. <laughs> what I really want to know is what's up with snow twice in November in Kansas City? Come on. I, for one, am pissed. Doesn't that happen? Is that is that a new thing? It's a pretty new thing. Twice? Doesn't normally Once. happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh. doesn't normally happen. But Well, it was snowing all day. I, I like I it. I know. I now have a window. I get to look out. It was It was pretty. But it does happen once in a while, just like all forms of weather. It does happen. Nice take, Thad. <laughs> this has been Thad Bell with your weekly weather report. Okay, <laughs> I so did not start the weather. Hey, happy Veterans Day to those veterans out there, including yes. our own Thad. Indeed. We appreciate your service, ladies had, and gents. Thad had no response to that. Thanks. <laughs> He's got on his USMC hat. As I it, often do. And an Ireland hoodie. I don't, I don't understand that one. Where'd that one come from? Ireland? Actually, it came from Brown's Deli. <laughs> 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 the oldest Irish deli in, like, the United States. Oh. Or at least the Midwest. Cody, you could have brought Guinness and uh, some Baileys, and we could have redone our Irish car bombs, then, you know, from the... Foot golf tournament. I just I can't so please slobber it all over the place. <laughs> I can't please anyone. I bring wine and no one's happy with it. I bring wine, you want something different. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy. I was with just the wine recollecting anymore. our adventure together. Anyway, what adventure? I feel left out. The foot no, golf no, tournament. No, no, no. You were you, included. Uh, you ditched us. Oh, yeah. You you stepped that into that one, Ellie. You're misconstruing <laughs> what happened. Like, not correct. Okay, so Sporting Kansas City had a very big match on Sunday. It was epic. Did you guys see it? That was the definition of epic. (laughs) Yes, epic. That is a very good word to describe. Almost an epic fail, but anyway. Man, wasn't it awesome (laughs) being there in the stadium and feeling the environment of all of it, guys? It was. It was. It really was. Yeah, we were all there, and it was great. Oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, wait. That was so rude. (laughs) I don't think we all were there. No, I was watching on my laptop from Arrowhead, and I was freaking out. I was having to be quiet towards those final minutes because it was, like, post-game. People are trying to write stuff, get stuff turned in on deadline, and I'm, like, literally jumping out of my chair, especially as Nick Beasler almost ties the game in his hometown <laughs> against on. his older brother. Ho- hold what? on. I'm We're just not... telling you what I'm freaking out about. We're not getting there yet. <laughs> Try to reenact that later, Allie. Try and reenact I... that later. I A little more them... passion this time. My second take. I warned them to not jump ahead, and we've already done it before we even began. Damn us. We suck. Not, not us. Allie. Cody, you give us no outline. You just say, don't jump ahead. I don't know <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know what's too far. We're, We're talking human. about the game. The the end of the game is a good time to not <laughs> jump ahead, too. By the way, cistern is officially the right word. Wow. Stats and info took a long time to get that. Cistern. Wow. I just, I 100% made that up. That picture is so creepy. For those who can't see, obviously, <laughs> it's like a picture of like little kids' feet. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're just going to go through the timeline. Okay. There's a lot to talk about. Action all the way throughout the 97 minutes. Um, and it began in the 14th with a beautiful ball from Johnny Russell. And he got a hockey assist on it. I saw that he got credited for one. And uh, Felipe pushes it over to Rubio, 
who smashes it home. Now, Cody, I'm surprised you didn't say it began with Rubio starting in the first place. What? And we didn't the day begin with that? Like, oh, Rubio's starting. Bit of a shock, huh? Oh. No. Yeah. Yeah? No surprise. Really? Yeah, I, I actually wasn't surprised. My biggest surprise came, and this is not me jumping ahead, it's me just saying I was mostly surprised by how long he was on the field for. What, did you After- catch what Peter said in the press conference? When I asked him? No. He said basically the idea that, I said, you know, why the choice of Rubio, you know? And uh, he's talked about, you know, a little bit of strategy, but he's also like, just, you know, people need to work on the field. Which to me was an implication that perhaps he wasn't happy with Shelton's work rate last game. So. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Well, it's a, I also thought it was funny in the press conference after, um, held at practice after like one, when Peter, someone asked him a question about Rubio and, you know, what what ignites his fire coming off the bench? What mm-hmm. makes him so dangerous as that super sub? And Peter's like, I don't know, because he's pissed I didn't start him. <laughs> Which made me laugh because it's he's being so 100% authentic when he's saying that. He's not even, he's like, oh, maybe that's it. But he knows, like, Rubio's got a little bit of a fire when it comes to whether he's starting or not. And, you know, maybe to your point, what Peter kind of said there, alluding to maybe the fact that Shelton wasn't bringing that fire, the intensity that they needed to see in the playoffs. Because while he does do a lot of great hold-up work, he is very physical, he's strong, he has a great presence up top. He doesn't have as much of a killer instinct offensively that the playoffs might require um, in games like that in terms of intensity. So. Yeah, and if you go back to the the first game with RSL, I don't know that he was he had a good game. A lot of people didn't have a good game in that right. game. If you depends on how you mm-hmm. look at it, but I just don't think he was as effective in that game as he has been in the past. So maybe that was mm-hmm. that was part of it. However, but if you think about it, playing on the road, leg one of a playoff game, Shelton's the right choice in that position in terms of. I know Beasler had mentioned that they wanted to play a little bit more safe, although they played a little too safe and conservative for way too long in that first half but you're still gonna not want to maybe come out there as as i don't know strong or trying to throw too many guys into the box right away um when you're on the road in that situation i'm i'm quite good if they went a pattern of shelton on the road starts and rubio comes in at 60 and at home rubio starts and shelton comes in at 60 Mm -hmm. sort of thing or at that point at the 60 you can you know make a different adjustment if you need to but I'm, I would actually be quite okay with that. That's just, I mean, to me, that's you starting a more defensive guy on the road who can still get you help around the, you mm-hmm. know, the rest of the offense, even though he's not doing much himself. Or you start the guy who's got more offense at a, at home when you have should have a little bit stronger defense. So However, Cody, I, that won't be the case. November twenty fifth. <laughs> Cody, do you Rubio? think uh, Shelton would have missed that chance? <laughs> no, but it wasn't as easy we, as it looked. But but we were talking about. Shelton bringing, uh, perhaps making the team better defensively. At least in this, and I've always agreed with that wholeheartedly, but when he came in, they looked, that's when everything just fell apart. And I know that's because RSL was very desperate in their attempts, but but, uh, I did not like the way the team was playing with Shelton out there. It was troubling. But can you point it to Shelton being out there? Can you point it to? Well, what was he doing? I, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like he, everything we were talking about, I don't think he was doing that in this game. I think he was just kind of running around out there. 
I saw him hustling pretty good at times. There was there was one play that stuck out because I remember following. I track. I was tracking him and and I shot him doing a tackle. But he basically ran from one side of the field to the other side and did a tackle on a guy right in front of the bench. Maybe that was to tell Peter high. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but so it, I remember that one specifically. But when I'm shooting a game, sometimes it's harder for me to watch like how exactly everything goes. But so like. I pick I see like little moments very clearly and then I don't see other things happening sometimes. But that was like one that stuck out really clearly. So I, I can't say he didn't uh play defensively as well as what we have come to expect him to, but I know in that one moment he did at least. Well I had like it was peak sporting Kansas City storyline for this season of the the striker debate. After that game, I had two different people come up to me. One said you know we're just we're just not the same when Shelton's not out there, and and you know didn't didn't uh, you know didn't like the way the team played with with Rubio starting and the thought thought we got away from ourselves a bit. And then I get online and I look at the comments for on our like on the recap and everyone's like, what the hell was Shelton doing? Doing we're way better with Rubio out there. So it's just like still <laughs> even after this game after all these the rotating striker we have and that's okay no one has any idea to have. <laughs> but and that's part of the debate that's going to be part of the debate forever quite honestly you we've had this on on the podcast we've had it on the Blue Testament site pretty much all year long somebody will say well the stats show this somebody else will say the eye test shows that somebody will throw a different stat out there and it's a valid argument. They are two different players that have two different strengths. Sometimes Rubio is almost as effective as Shelton as at the rest of that stuff. And sometimes Shelton is almost as, as effective as Rubio at hold up in link play. And sometimes they're not nowhere close to what each other does. Well, that's the problem that Vermees has right now is neither one of them is perfect. And I'm, and again, we're, it's very telling that we're not talking about the million dollar player of Nemo in any of these conversations. Right. Gonna, well, yeah. like what it comes down to though, it's when Rubio comes out and has a game like he did in leg one against real salt Lake and then comes out and scores the opening goal in leg two, everyone's going to be like, Rubio is the starting striker. However, in a game where Shelton comes out and maybe he doesn't score, but all the players around him score, then it's like Shelton's amazing and we need him out there because it opens up the, the lanes for everyone else to score. So it's like back forth. Every game's different. And it's not, I don't think as much to do with sporting Kansas city. It's more to do with the opponents that they're playing and what those teams are presenting to them defensively and what kind of offensive method they need to approach it with. And that's all the difference. And, and it's all part of a tactic that we want the other team to worry about which one's going to start. And they're thinking about all this hey, stuff. If and anything, <laughs> is that not a benefit? That sounds yeah. like a benefit and, to me. So. If we don't know, they sure as hell don't <laughs> right. know. And I will, I will rarely give credit to um, you. Hold on, hold okay. On. It's fine. Everything's. Mm-hmm. Fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cody just shrunk the screens and it looked like everything just went to. Okay, so <laughs> I don't often give credit to announcers, but while I was driving there, I was running a little bit late and I got there in time to be there for the entire thing. But um, Bucati and uh, the dumber, dumber guy, yeah, uh, I can never remember his name. Sorry, <laughs> Maddie. But they were discussing the fact that. Perhaps part of Petke's decision to start Beasler was he's more physical than Glad was. And that may have been with the idea that Shelton was going to be up top, not Rubio. Because Shelton is a more strong, big, physical guy mm-hmm. than Rubio is. 
so that may have been that may have played into why Pecky started Beasler. Hmm. That still sounds weird, but anyway, that may have played yeah. into it, which may have led to Rubio eating, you know, slicing through, shallowy slicing through. That may have led to a lot of different things. So it it, it is that that mind game of who you're starting mm-hmm. and the other team responding and making those moves. I mean, I've compared it to hockey where you can change lines and you know you can shift right. lines and put different people with things. But you can't keep shifting players during a game of soccer like you can in hockey. So mm-hmm. that's all comes up ahead of time. Yeah, and it's fun. I actually I talked to Shelton about that a couple of weeks ago going into postseason <coughs> because being a part of that offensive line, it affects him just as much as anyone up top, more so than any other position on the field. And he actually gave a lot of credit to Vermees in that situation, saying that you know most of the time the coaching staff does a really good job putting out the players that they need to put out and making the right subs when they need to. He acknowledged that, no, it doesn't work every single time, but that most of the time the players on the field, obviously if they've gotten to this point, have been able to get it done and that Vermees kind of has figured out at least this far into the season what works and what doesn't. So, All right. So that first goal. Yeah, <laughs> yes, so. that first goal. What a so, ball. Yes, let's talk about the 14th 14 minute goal. <laughs> Should uh, Gutierrez have just shot that? Well, like, was he? Did he know what he was doing the whole time? Did it look? He almost lost it. I think. Like he, the ball got really? stuck under his feet. I think. Really. It didn't. He didn't look entirely comfortable. I don't have a video ready. Okay. I don't All know. Right. I thought it was an interesting, because I actually I was watching the game from Arrowhead and I was watch. So I got to see the replay and I remember it very vividly. But I was sitting next to someone who also was invested in the game, and we both agreed that. It kind of was like weird because it almost looked like he shouldn't have given it away. Yeah. And if he had and Rubio would have missed, it would have been like, oh, Gutierrez should have shot that. Yeah. But then it was, I don't know, I think obviously it was the right play. But yeah, it was, it was weird. Too. It was just weird. Very unselfish, but it definitely, he he about lost it. It was definitely stuck under under him a bit, but he did well to get it over there. Yeah, he was off balance for sure. He, he's, what, scored like once since he's come back from injury? Yeah, but he clearly was like on one for getting the assists because he got the next one. Five minutes later. Yeah, and, and no, no, and, and I'm not saying he's not playing well. It's just like I, I wonder if it's because he's not scored. He's a little more passing, you know. Maybe it's in his head he hasn't scored because those. Or do you think that maybe I don't know in terms of what they're running at practice are those things that maybe he's getting put in more situations to be in an assister instead of the goal scorer? Is that something that they're running at practice? I mean, that's I guess a question for Peter, but I mean, it is kind of. I'm not sure Makes how much you would answer that question right I know. now, but not um, <laughs> and that was one of my criticisms of Gutierrez early on was that you know everybody wanted to call him a number ten, but he had no assists mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the year. So it, I always think of a number ten as an assist guy, at least it was, I mean, at least a good chunk of it. So that was kind of one criticism. Maybe you know he's making up for it now. I don't know. Yeah, he he, he, listened, right, he was like he listened to the podcast. <laughs> I need to assist more. Um. Okay, well, you messed up my transition, but now moving on to the 19th minute, his second assist. I think I set your transition up perfectly, Cody. Well, you did it first, and then I did it, and then you you went back to it. Cody, maybe you should stop saying when the transitions get messed up, because I don't think anyone even know. I don't think anyone heard you say that. Why are we so quiet all of a sudden? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's not normal. Okay. So, um, 19th, 19th minute. minute. Felipe again. And it was again right up the middle, which I think Beautiful is. Ball. I think that might be relevant again to the 
Shallowy Rubio differences. Shelton Rubio differences. I think uh, central defenders are going to be more worried about Rubio specifically and and his movement and where he's at at all times. And I think with Shelton, they're going to be worried about who he could play the ball to if he gets it. So I think that open the the middle was a little more open as as Rubio draws the defenders away, and I think that's why we scored two goals like that, and we don't seem to do that a lot otherwise. Or it could just be that they were not good up the middle because they had two guys who had never played center back together. One guy who's not normally a center back, Beasler. So it could be kind of some of that too. A little of everything. Um, but yes, uh, be- another beautiful ball from Gutierrez. Split defenders. Took it down with his chest in the midfield and turned and faced towards goal and then split defenders. It was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that makes it seem dangerous. Johnny can come in the middle and play that through ball. Felipe can come play that through ball in the middle. Roger can play that through ball in the middle. Ilya can play that through ball in the middle. So that's one thing that makes us dangerous. And Shalwi cutting in, Johnny cutting in. There's so much variety. And that soft touch from Shalwi oh, before he shot <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, sweet. And he had like four guys around him. Like it yeah. wasn't an easy shot or anything, nothing about that. But that's, I mean, that's why Shalwi is so dangerous is because he can just absolutely hammer the ball and make it look so effortless. Well, like, yeah, I was just going to say that. And you said hammer. I mean, he does hammer he did it. just but through his boot through it. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't wind up. He gets a lot of power on it with just a little flick of his ankle. You know? That's my, I know. Yeah. That's the thing with Shalwi. He doesn't need to rear back. He doesn't need a mm-hmm. full a full, you know, length on someone, he can just pull it out of nowhere. It's great. The of course. Suspecting strike. Then we could talk about that volley he tried later in the game where he missed where maybe he was trying to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Man, he went for it. Like he yeah. sold out on that one. Uh going but it was, this was before I think it was before any of the goals were scored when Sporting was just like laying it on them. Uh ball bounced out to Matt Beesler who said, yeah. this is my moment, yeah. <laughs> and he wailed, and it, it just was like It was an went... moment yeah. is what it was. Yeah. <laughs> has it landed yet? Like, I would say it would have gone <laughs> out of the stadium, but it, like, didn't have the power either. And it, <laughs> yeah. he, like, got so under it that it was, like, backspinning and kind of came back. <laughs> that, like, got a, an audible laugh in the press box. <laughs> Co- Cody, can we pause here a little bit? Yeah. Uh, Cody's like, mm, mm. okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so there are a lot of people that were on online on our, our website during the game, et cetera, saying how we played the best first 20 minutes of the game and you know that we have all year, and I don't agree. Why not? If you go back and watch, you may remember we gave them some giveaways in the back, a couple of fairly decent opportunities early on, we were pretty sloppy, actually. I didn't think it was the first or best 20 minutes we've ever played in all season like some people did. It's like, no, nah, not really. No, Those people was... are probably looking at the offensive effort. Yeah, and exactly. That, and they're just yeah. completely ignoring. Goals can blind people, oh, sadly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I just and... want to make that point that, yeah. yeah, it wasn't that clean. But they, But they did look just... Almost unstoppable in the attack at, at a certain point in this game. So oh, yeah. I, under, oh, yeah. I understand where that was coming from. Yeah. But, yeah, there were there were plenty of opportunities and head-shaking moments. <laughs> yeah. Going back to the Gutierrez assist for just a second, perhaps one of part of it is that uh, because they have played Ramondo and they probably studied him quite heavily recently, he is a good shot stopper. So maybe it is that they needed to – they felt more confident about sliding a ball to the side and making him move. Maybe he's not as good at 
getting over there as he once was. You know what I mean? So he's not as fast as he once was. So maybe that was a part of a strategy of how they set up to play specifically Ramondo. Right. So they go up two goals. The stadium is rocking. It feels like they're never going to be stopped. It feels like it's going to be a blowout. And it kind of was. They were dominating. Like RSL had their chances, but they were dominating pretty fully until the 60th minute. And even in like when they came out in the second half, RSL didn't have anything until the 60th minute, like until this moment. And uh, Plata takes the ball on the left flank, and man, Zussi... I Zussi was might as well have not even been there. Well, can we back up yeah. just a little bit before yeah. that? Um, one thing that we had a habit of this game was at times was trying to dribble out of our own end, and that's where Russell gets caught. Oh yes, that, that leads is the ball going that wide. That is what started that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's I and mean, that's a that's a big Barcelona thing. You never dribble out of your own end. You always pass out of your own end, and I just hope we learn from that. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it was just a, It was very simple after that. Plata beats Zusi very quickly and pushes it over, and and uh, who was it? Salcedo smashed it home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nothing Melia could really do about that one. A lot of traffic that was in front of him too. Yeah. And then yeah, so it went from like it just changed it. It changed everything immediately. All of a sudden, they were one goal away from that this damn away goal thing. Yeah, and it it, it for real changed the whole tone. But but uh, Sporting obviously. Handled it well. Um, just seven minutes later. It seemed like it was quicker than that. Seven minutes. Um, seven minutes later, uh, Felipe again, I think was robbed of another of his third assist of the game. Cuts the ball between, he, he has like three defenders around him, cuts the ball back right outside of the box. Nice reverse, yeah. Yeah, and, and sends it over to Rubio, who takes a touch that he was not going to get a second touch. But I don't think that matters. He got his touch and was clearly taken down, and I don't think it matters if he was going to get a second touch or not, right? I would argue with the clearly taken down thing. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Maybe I haven't seen it enough then. Just my take on it. looks like he does a pretty good dive there. He went down pretty easily, I thought, but that's I just was, me. I don't know. I From the angle I saw, it, yeah. looked, like it, was a, it looked like it was a PK. However, Petke's response on Twitter, he was not the faux PK is what he called it. Yeah. yeah but but Bob, Petke. you just said two different sentences. Well, what did I say? A complete dive or did he go down easy? Oh, I think he went down easy. Okay, well, that's... Not diff- a complete dive, but I think he went down easy. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean it's not a penalty kick. And that Well, was a- that's why they give yellow cards for... Um, what's the term they use? What's the word for pretending they use? Simulation. Simulation. Thank you. Simulation. Yeah. So are you saying he simulated, or you? But you, not? they don't. They don't give that if there was contact and you and he went down. Like you get a yellow card if there was no contact. Yeah, but doesn't he run into the other guy's leg? Anyway. I don't think I didn't think it looked. Hold on. What is this icon on your screen? Yeah, I don't know. I can't see it. Why do you tell? That's a penalty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. The, I can disagree. What? It's okay. There's also the that he wouldn't. Oh, get a, he yeah. That's he, a penalty, man. What he absolutely mean? like hammered his yeah his left side there. Down easy. Oh, I disagree. I don't, I don't even think he went it. down easy. Okay, 
I also would or disagree okay, with you. He won't opinions. get a second touch because if he's running, I, I disagree with that. He wouldn't get a second touch because the way he was running in, um, because he goes down, it's easy for Ramondo to just pick up the ball. Yeah, because it's rolling. If he's still going at full speed, it becomes a right. more of a fifty-fifty ball. It, it does. It does. So you're right. I agree with that, but I still don't think he would have gotten there. But again, I'm not saying I don't he would have. I'm not saying he would have, but it com- becomes much more of a 50-50 ball. Yeah, no, and no. Mondo has to make a choice. The the defender clattered in. That's a stonewall pen, man. Well, and and because where Rubio was looking, like he wasn't ready for like that hit, and you can tell. Rubio just know, the, darn, the way, knew darn well what he was doing. I know, but <laughs> the yeah, way but, that they. Yeah, none of that means that it was Ilya's not a PK, penalty. <laughs> I love it. Um, I mean, yeah, you took a touch and and. Took the contact. That's like how that. That's how that works. And that was a stonewall it. penalty kick. <laughs> Just because you wanted them to take you out doesn't mean it's not a penalty. It doesn't I mean it's legit. If anything, Rubio displayed that extremely well. I I I had too much faith in you. I I kind of believed that I was like not seeing something in the highlight. But no, like that defender clattered into him. That's a penalty kick. All right. Well, let's go to the PK itself. What'd you think of that? Yeah. And so yes, the. Uh, Panenka penalty kick right down the middle. And did I see on Twitter? Is that what you're I'm looking for? I'm pulling up right now. Yeah, so someone claimed that um, Romando had some words for Ilya before Ilya this. claimed that. Ilya when I interviewed this. him, yes. Oh, that's what that was from. Okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't post it, but somebody did. Ramon- huh? I think it was Sam, but don't quote me because I can't find the tweet now. I can't remember if I retweeted or favorited it, and I don't take the time to look right now. But I do remember what it said. Romando told Ilya as he like handed yep. the ballers at an exchange, he goes, go right or left. Mm-hmm. And Ilya answers in the best way possible and goes right down the middle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I mean, the way that that played out, I mean, that's freaking, that's amazing. And then it was RSL, and then it was Romando. It just, I love all of it. And also, going back to our discussion all season long, Ilya started out as the primary PK taker, missed... Had some misses in there. Two. Two. Two misses, which saves. Strike the discussion. Was he was he the PK maestro that everyone had claimed him to be? <laughs> and he steps up in like the biggest moment possible. So that was a, awesome. A little more backstory on that. Mm-hmm. Um Vermees said that he said for Johnny Russell to take the second one on in Dallas when after Ilya had missed the one or had the one saved. He said that he he did that. Yeah. He also said that in this game, uh, he left it up to the guys on the field to choose who did it, and Ilya stepped up. Beasler explained after the game that because Ilya has been the primary PK taker, they have tape on him, and they've been watching him. That's good. So nice. they, they were able to read him, and that's probably why they saved the two. So he I decided see. to totally change it up and go a completely different route, and that's part of the strength of Ilya is – He's smart enough to do so. Well, and also another, another, even more background. Look at, look at this. A well-rounded story from us today. Good <laughs> job, right. team. Uh, he also said uh, post game in the locker room there that, like, he did not forget missing that penalty kick and acknowledged that that it was in front of the traveling fans when he yes, missed he it. Did. Yep. And that was part of of his. You know when he said I had to do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> to Ramondo, that was that was part of that, and so he and it was very sincere watching him. You know that wasn't just this a, should be an article, hmm. yeah. That wasn't just a, a, a you know a soundbite from him. That was like you could tell he was like he acknowledged that he, he knew it was right in front of the fans, and it really bothered him, and he wanted to make up for it. That's our Ilya. Yes, I mean, it is <laughs> just like the discipline that he shows to be able to not only 
right that wrong and come up in a high-intensity, high-stress situation like that, Ramondo tells him just moments before he's lining up to take this shot, go right or left, and then answering by going down the middle and then be able to come off the field after a win and get to tell the media that that side of it. I mean, that's just... Yeah, no, I, that, that can't be stressed enough how badass that is. Like, like that's, that is awesome. There was no way that Ilya was going to... He, ju- he missed his last penalty kick. There's no way he's going straight down the middle. That's why Romano felt so confident in saying that to him. Because Romano's not an asshole. He's not. He's a competitor, but he's like, he's like he's a professional, you know. And that that's that's just he felt so confident doing that. And oh man, it's just that that can't be stressed enough. And did you see Ilya's face afterwards too? Did you oh. see his expression? What was it? It was kind of like. Oh, oh yeah, no, he <laughs> yeah. did that little thing because he was like, all right, like. I, I almost want to say, like, all right, this. all right, all right. Like, let's keep going. <laughs> let's keep rolling. But I, He knew my, he had pulled off something good. Oh, yeah. My question <laughs> now, though, to Ramondo is, why'd you go left? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Um, But the party was short-lived. As, what was it? Five minutes later. Man, the scoring happened in streaks. Five minutes later, another, again, it seemed... Not necessarily against the run of play, but it just they kind of came out of nowhere. Earned a earned a corner kick and Plata quickly takes it. It was perfectly taken right at the top of the six yard box, but an absolute free header. And and Sporting KC was just kind of looking at each other afterwards. Yeah, we talked earlier about how RSL was uh, vulnerable down the middle. Well, so is Sporting, unfortunately. I mean, it was just far too easy. I don't know. You know, I wasn't a defender. <laughs> So I can't necessarily look at that and claim, like, whose fault that was. Well, I can. <laughs> I don't even remember who was, like, closest to him on it. Yeah, I'd have to go look at it again. I don't remember, but... I was focusing was on the Zuzi's high points. man. He let him run. Uh, but here's the problem I have. Okay, I'm just going to randomly ask. Who are our biggest, best three guys in the box? Well, yeah, that's who what I was going to say. You, I mean, I'm not, I can't blame Zeusy for not... <laughs> who would you name? Yeah, three, name three top guys in the box that you would pick that you want to win a header. Ike, Beesler, Amelia. Uh, Johnny. Not jo- Kyrie Shelton? Kyrie. Kyrie wasn't yeah, out there. Oh, he was yes, out there. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. So Beesler is at the near post where there's no RL, RSL player at all. Why is Beesler there? Kyrie's right behind him, and Ike is behind Kyrie. It beats all three of them. That's just terrible positioning, terrible playing of the ball. And I know there are sometimes the stars align and a ball is just played perfectly on someone's head. But I mean, he was, no one was really like within a yard yeah, or two of exactly. him. Like he was just yeah. that just baffles me that those three got beat, all got beat. Yeah, it was very troubling. Along with the next twenty minutes after that, twenty five minutes after that. There were it a lot of fingernails like... chewed on at that point. <laughs> um, the, like things kind of like calmed down, but it was the 83rd and 84th minutes. There were two moments that I, I like. I've never seen of all the frustrating times Sporting Kansas City has not scored. You know, like like last year and the years before that, uh-huh, where they uh-huh. came so close all those times. I have no, I don't know that I've ever seen two series like that in a row. Without the ball going in the back of the net, <laughs> they had no business not giving up a goal. 
That's why Charles Beam on MLSsoccer.com wrote after the game, is it meant to be for Sporting Kansas City? That's, <laughs> is it no, just the that, way things are going? That's a real thing, man. When a team wins a, wins a championship, there, there are moments like that. You, have uh-huh. to, you, you're, you were lucky at certain points if you win a championship. Yeah. Because I thought you were going to say that's usually us missing these chances. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. The stars have aligned. But, hey, if you were Daniel Shallowy and that ball that went to Beasler off your foot goes in the back of the net, oh how bad God. do you oh. feel? Oh, jeez. Well, I mean, he, he answered it the best way possible. <laughs> yes, but still. But, I mean, no, seriously, though. <laughs> well, you, you you mentioned that, like, random bounce off of his foot. Mm. That's what I kept on, on – in those two minutes, it was every single – bounce or roll of the ball just happened to go right in their path on one of on like a play that started one of those series it was just like a lo- like a long hopeful ball over the top it was a contested header and it just happened to go right off the guy's head at the perfect angle right into the path of his one teammate that was up the field and yeah it just man they the stars aligned for them to get the shots off but not not to go in the back of the net and you know we forgot to how to win headers yeah, the moment too, yeah. and, and things like that. But <laughs> uh, we should point out that it was it was little Beesler that oh. sent it into the side netting. If and he had taken that first time, I yeah, mean, that's what everybody was thinking everywhere. Was, Why didn't he shoot the first time? Why yeah. did he take that touch? Because Ooh. he saw his older brother standing right there, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, is it a fix? Well, what? No, no. Well, which I no, thought it, that was funny too. <laughs> like Beesler, Matt Beesler, talking about." Obviously, one of the storylines going into the game was, "Oh, you're playing against your little brother." Yeah, but, but I, but it was kind of funny. Like his response, he was like, <laughs> first of all, he was like, "I don't know. It's like this is just our job. Like when you're, you know, over the holidays, are you just talking with your family about like your job?" It's like I don't know if you guys are playing against each other <laughs> for a professional MLS yeah. playoff game. Yeah, yeah I think not a just... normal Thanksgiving gathering. Like but, let's acknowledge. But that. in the locker room afterwards, and I think Thad will back this up because. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Beasley kind of say, yeah, that storyline's kind of been overplayed. It's just, yeah. Like, he sounded like he's tired of it. Yeah, he yeah. is. And he, yeah. he's, he's said it, this is probably like third time he said essentially the same thing. And rightfully so. Like, it um, makes sense. Yeah. The the first time they played against each other was, what, Open Cup? Uh-huh. The second time they played against each other was earlier this year here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if there was ones before that, but those were the two the two biggest ones before this last game. Right. But at this point, it's just another – he's the competitor. He's a brother. Mm-hmm. It's not like the big new storyline, you know what I mean? Right. So I, I do get the point, but it, I think last game, the, the the regular season game earlier this year was a bigger story there because they were really against each other quite a bit mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the game. Beasler was up on uh, a lot of uh, set pieces against Beasler. So, However, yeah. I mean, at the same time, though, I mean, I get that he's – he thinks the storyline's run out and it's tired, it's old. You're playing against your little brother in a Western Conference semifinal leg two matchup where, I mean, looking at how the game turned out and that Nick Beasler was in that situation to tie the game. I mean, it's not an old storyline when it was a game like that and it's in <laughs> the Beasler's hometown. They grew up in Kansas City. Like, there's a lot to go no. into that storyline. And at some me. point... During Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner, you know, Matt's going to lean over and say, Nick, why'd you take a touch, man? <laughs> I don't know. If you're Nick, though, in that situation, I know my brothers and I know my family. Yeah. Thanksgiving, way too soon to bring that up. I mean, Cody, Cody's going to hate this, <laughs> but I happened to freeze my phone video of that with 
the ball on Beasley's right foot, and he has a gaping side well, of the net to shoot at. Well, no, even like for me, it's oh not even God. for me, it's not even the first time. Like, yeah, yeah he should have, yeah. but he could, probably could have touched it a third time and still should have scored. Like, yes. he, he should have, but he still. had all the time in the world. Like, it's just crazy. So, he did, but oh. thankfully he can't shoot because he's a defender. That's, mm. Yeah, that's why he's a defender. <laughs> and is he left-footed like Matt is? Because um, it was on his it right. It was on his but, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At that point, you should be able to pass with your he's right. He's a professional foot. soccer player. Come on. So, yeah. So, it, so Sporting Kansas City survive. The game drudges on. <laughs> Stoppage time begins. They call out seven minutes. We're all like, what the? And there was a huge groan. But then, in like the fifth minute of stoppage time, the stadium just went into another mode. Another realm. It did. And it was like, it just started. Yeah, and that's, that, that, it, they did. It re- it just, there was nothing that did it. There was I nothing know. that started it. This is, this is very sincere, people. Like, I know that that's like a cliche, like, oh, the, the stadium roar, it, or it got really loud, the atmosphere, but... That is right. There was like there was just this moment that like all of a sudden everyone like realized like oh my god we're about to do this or and 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 the the whistling Please started and it just everybody got so incredibly loud and and I think that that contributed to the final goal. I I, I am quite confident it did. I mean the the players can always talk about how you know the the crowd gave them more emotion and support and you know energy and all that stuff. It may have done all that, but it also may have contributed to not being able to hear your defender, like, you know, I'm yeah. playing it back to you, Nick, <laughs> right. kind of thing, right? Um, so that may have all contributed to it, but it was just, it was incredible. I mean, I'm sitting right in front of the south stand at that point, and it just like, okay, loud, 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 and then it just, it like <laughs> 10 time went up, well, and, and it stayed that way, and I couldn't, I, I was like trying to hear a whistle, like, you know, I'm looking for any sign that the damn ref's going to blow the whistle finally, <laughs> and all of a sudden, Shallowy's down there. Picking that ball, but Thad yeah. back up. Who played him the ball? Yeah, that's what I was about. Yeah, Johan. But it was the best player in MLS. He did. <laughs> well, I'm glad you all recognize our that. hero. That's giving him slightly too much credit. Slightly like, playing yeah. him the ball. He definitely <laughs> Johan definitely saw Turned the hit the piss out of like it. everyone knew that we were in like the last you know minute or two of the seven, and Johan just kind of. Turns their midfield and just yeah. bangs it into the corner, trying to put it <laughs> shallowy in the corner. And yeah, the, it was just not dealt with properly. And shallowy pounces and gives the cheeky little no look that I will literally never forget. Never, <laughs> ever. But okay, quick question for all of you. When there are seven minutes of extra time, should they be obligated to show oh. a clock running down in those situations? It's not like it was three minutes. That's Seven against minutes the whole is... principles of soccer. I know. I like that. It, I like that we can't in a stadium. I like that you can't. It's fun. It is fun, but when seven minutes is basically one period of extra time. Everybody I mean, has their own all... watch or phone. I know. I know, and it ad- it definitely adds to the intensity. But I'm, you know, for the players, for is it or isn't it? <laughs> Is it or is it not good that I, they don't? It yeah, I I I I am dying at like down there because I'm like trying to shoot the game. And I'm like I can't keep track of like what time, time it was. So, take away so there's a spot dying. where the, It'd be the, like, oh, okay, the ball's at the other end, and I'm I pull my phone up. I'm looking for the tweet that came out saying what like I, yeah. seven minutes of extra time. Yeah, it's like, so, okay, to show that what that time came that out it... two minutes ago. <laughs> so it's probably thirty seconds before that. So it, it should be like three minutes left. Damn it. Yeah, I know it was it was rough. Oh man. 
But yeah, so that wasn't the only moment that that uh, the stadium that, that everyone in the stadium kind of like came together. There was another random point, and I think it was after RSL had scored their first, and then there was uh, like they had you know the ball went out of bounds and we had a goal kick, and just it was the same thing there like in stoppage time. There was just at the same time everyone like realize we have to we have to like get back in this mm-hmm. game and and everyone the same time started cheering and i was even looking around it happened so abruptly i was like looking for an indicator like a cheer louder on the screen or something there was there was nothing like that this isn't 1996 anymore yeah right? no there was you know yeah or even i mean arrowhead every you know stadiums do that like yeah. get loud or whatever there was nothing like that on I this hate in, that. on any screen at all and i just heard the stadium like go into this roar all of a sudden and man like i the I, was it some some coach for, of a Premier League team? It literally I might have been Jose Mourinho. Like was quoted something about mentioning uh, the fans in Kansas City like know when to cheer. Oh really? Was that maybe not Mourinho? I swear there was one of these coaches came here and commented on how like there's smart fans in this city that like they know they were they knew when to cheer and that was a very real thing in the in this game like i was i was proud of that stadium so was that the all-star game that we held here a number of years ago was oh it that? Was maybe it that? uh michael bradley's but team so then that? it wouldn't have been i wouldn't have been Mourinho. no, no it would have been Mourinho. yeah he's never been here yeah anyway but i like the thought though pardue huh? was here but with kansas city will take that claim <laughs> so that i like the analogy you made earlier shallowy's goal was like the closest thing to a like a walk-off home run in baseball yeah yeah uh, yeah, before we started the pod, we were uh, we were watching the video on the tweet the Sporting Kansas City sent out on Monday of just the video. There's a video right in the corner of the celebration of Shallowy running over. It's a beautiful sight. I've watched it like 15 <laughs> times. I think I want it uh, projected on my <laughs> on my tombstone when I die. <laughs> oh, need, all right then. You need one of those like moving picture frames that just is like playing that on a loop yeah. at all times. No, it it's if you haven't seen it, go check it out. The caption on the tweet is pure elation, and that is how everyone feels when they watch the video because you can, like, you feel like you're in that huddle. You're not, but you yeah. feel like you could be because it's just the feeling, that feeling when you move on to the Western Conference final in a game like that. That was amazing. Going back to the crowd noise for just a second, too. I, mean, I know I keep going back, but after the game, Beasler talked about that, and he said that there was this moment that the crowd just got louder, and he goes, and that drove us on, and he, you know, you, you, yeah, you, you think that's a little bit of the cliche stuff, but this time we yeah. talk, we're talking about how good it was. And he goes, but some of our new teammates asked what was going on, what was going on, like yeah. something happening, right? And he goes, no, that's just the way it is. That's- yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. I, like, I did the same thing. I was looking around, like, what are they cheering? What, like, what, what happened all of a sudden? <laughs> is there somebody it, streaking on the field yeah. or what? Well, and I love what you just said there too, <laughs> like the redundancy of it. I mean, I feel like every every week at training or you know. What about those fans? Tell about how the fans and but it's like in moments like that, it really shines through and it yeah. actually, you know, proves just how much a fan base and how much a stadium can lift a team towards, you know, that that goal help raise the spirits, push them on when they're exhausted. So that's really cool. And, but. and it is so cliche. Like I, I, I don't know how many reporters I've heard say, Well, how about them fans tonight? Oh, they were wonderful. They were really our 12th <laughs> man. And, you know, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I could the, write the whatever standard, quote, right? right? And don't get me wrong. The fans are good, okay? But there are moments when it's not just good. It's 
above beyond expectations it's above Mm -hmm. what you could hope to happen right and it's it's not just what you want to happen it's above what you could hope to happen Mm -hmm. and that was that moment right and because there's there's no denying like sporting every player from Elia to Beasler to Peter you know whoever is involved with the team or you're talking to a practice training press conference they're always going to say you know they want to do it for the fans they want to win for the fans the fans are the ones who you know, they're playing for when they travel. It's amazing. But yeah, I mean, like you said, in those situations, it just goes to show that the support does everything. And as Bob just showed me over here, not just support from the entire fan base, from but the support from fans as diehard as Johnny Russell 2.0, Johnny <laughs> Russell, baby Russell Jr. Yeah. That was awesome. Mini, mini Johnny, mini Russell. Johnny <laughs> Russell. If anyone missed it, Sportings tweeted it out. MLS tweeted it out even. Um, a young little cute baby boy fan dressed up as Johnny Russell from the hair. He had a fake reddish Scottish beard on and he shared a really sweet little moment with Johnny before the game, um, which I'm sure made his entire life. Um, So there's some really cute pictures of him cheering of him. Johnny is just, he's, it seems like he's been here for a decade already. He's Mm -hmm. just racked up all these just classic sporting moments and he's just, yeah, I don't know. We can all, it goes back to those that hat trick against Vancouver. I swear that was like when the well the it, fight the fight the in fight. Vancouver. I know <laughs> that's yeah. what did it for me. Yeah, it was the hat trick, and then on top of that, him just completely squaring up to the Vancouver yeah. Yeah. team, just being like, which was really cool to see. And I think you know, just speaking of how different this team is, which I know the players have talked about it, fans have talked about it, but that was a, a huge moment in seeing the turn in in the chemistry, the camaraderie with this team so early in the season it's been there the whole time and that's that i think is the difference with this team right now is there's there's a a difference maker and a fire on every single line of the team right now and i want to say beasler i've never seen him more aggressive as an out there he had a great game expression uh save that 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 elation and that emotion and stuff i don't think i've ever seen him because he's always been a little bit more like the the laid back you know midwest I'm going to be calm. I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to do my job. Now, I mean, how many times in this game and this year, but he's just out there, like, you know, trying to be like the rage monster. Yeah. <laughs> but it's. And it's it, good. No, it's great. And if you look at some of those new additions, too, I mean, Johnny Russell, he has his edge. Kyrie doesn't have as much of an edge, but he has, he does bring like some kind of, you know, I just feel like the new additions, like Johan, Johnny, Felipe, they bring this kind of edge to the team that not a lot of acquisitions in the past brought especially in like the just like this group and not only the group that they acquired like at this at the point that they did but the kind of energy that they brought and how much of an impact all of them have had well you mentioned Felipe and Thad and I had a good discussion with him at the end uh, in the locker room and uh, you know he kind of showed me a side that I didn't know about him a little bit but uh, I said before the game to Daniel Sperry I said you know I, I think Felipe really needs to have a good game today and and did he I mean, he he was on, and he's got that attitude that you said. It, it, it's subtle. It, well, he's it's, got an it's, 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 it's it's more than subtle, subtle at times, but it's mm-hmm. often very subtle but, and yeah. and it's persistent and yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's yeah. definitely like the what they bring on the field, but it's like their personalities as well. Or just I don't know. It was like a good. They shook things up enough mm-hmm. without changing anything if that makes sense they were just good at they didn't change like the overall like mentality that peter likes to 
to have with this team, but they brought this kind of a new way of approaching yeah, it. The team hasn't had this kind of an edge before. Technically, yeah. they're yeah. better. Uh, soccer knowledge, they're better. Mm -hmm. And they have more Vermees attitude on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you ask Felipe a question he doesn't like, he will let you know that. <laughs> <laughs> when you're asking about the injury and you know, coming yeah, he back, didn't quite he, understand though, did no, he? No, he doesn't like that. Yeah, he, I've yeah. asked it. I've seen other people ask that same question, like you know, how was yeah. it coming back from your injury? I don't want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. no, he he understands everything perfectly. He speaks like perfect English. He's, but did you hear what he said though? I, I like thought it was it. quite funny because I asked him, okay, what did you struggle when you first came back from the injury? And then later on, during trying to explain to him what we're, what I was trying to ask you, and Thad tried to help, he says, "Well, I guess only Messi can do that, huh? Because that day Messi scored two goals that are come back from a broken arm." Oh. <laughs> Well, he said, like, only Messi can have a perfect, you know, like, be perfect every game. Or yeah, something like, something that. like that, yeah. Well, yeah. And, I mean, we also do have to – Felipe kind of had to come back into a tough situation. He started the season, like, yeah, well, yeah. looking like a near-perfect 10 out of 10, and then gets injured, <laughs> comes back, it's like, well, where are where are the goals? Where You know, but that is kind of funny that he – but, again, we love the edge. The edge oh, is yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Well, that's – that is something worth talking about that we – We've mentioned this, you know, as Felipe was coming back from the injury, that, hey, maybe he'll round into form as the playoffs are beginning, and mm -hmm. that kind of looks like Money that's what's happening. Yeah. yeah and I if, I mean, if he can get back to what he was in April, then Sporting can beat anyone. And they beat Atlanta without him, right? Okay. Was that without we him? We weren't supposed to get into this, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not we're not previewing a okay. next round uh, yet. Uh, all right. Okay. No. Okay. No, no, but the we are down to four teams now. The yeah. the best in the East, the best in the West, and Portland. And then <laughs> and then Portland also. Number six? Number I six? love the way that worked out because I mean Five. think think remember uh, while we were while Sporting had the bye and they're waiting to see who they play, Five. everyone wanted Portland. Everyone wanted to play Portland instead of LA or RSL. Or RSL. And so now it's just like, hey, cool. We're back to the, a first-round game, a semifinal game. Yeah. I wanted Portland to knock Seattle out. They did. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Portland's good, and we're not going to – this is not the preview of the game. It's just they are good. They're, they're nobody that we should be looking past to, like, see Atlanta or New York. But they, of all the teams that was in the playoffs that Sporting could face, they are probably the team that I thought we matched up best with. Yeah, definitely. And – to bring it back into this last one, yes, there were, as we talked about, there were plenty of uh, moments to worry, and there there's reason to believe that a team with a good attacking core can slice up Sporting Kansas City right now. But with the fans, or you know, bringing that the second game back to Children's Mercy Park and what we saw in that first game, if they can stay close. I think if they can just stay close, then I think they're going to be sitting pretty. Yeah, some and, people have already pissed me off about their thoughts on the series. But what series? Portland, Seattle. Or Portland, Sporting. Yeah. But see, RSL, I think, is the most sporting-like team that was out there. They, they're they aggressive. They um, will do some physical play. Uh, I think they're a little more cynical than what Sporting is and stuff, but... Not that sporting can't be, but it, I think they're just the most sporting-like team that was that sporting was possibly going to face. I so agree with I what you're saying with the cynical, though. They're like edge negative. Sporting's like edge positive. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I agree. The approach, the mindset's a little different. Sporting is not nearly the um, um, Beckerman type. Of, mm -mm. 
I, I know people compare like Beckerman and Espinoza, but they're not the same mm. in any way, shape, or form. I've never seen Espinoza grab somebody's leg in order to get the guy pissed off so he can get a no. card. No. Um, you know, Espinoza will just flat take your ass out. <laughs> Red well, card Roger for sure, but because he made an accident on a bad tackle, like not not because he's an asshole. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, I know we're not previewing the game, but this is this <laughs> is no no no, no no no. This is just a question. Not as much to do with what's upcoming, but looking internally with sporting, looking at legs one and two of the semifinal, what are the biggest changes that you all think need to be made for sporting Allie, going Allie, into Allie, the Allie. final? How is, how is that not exactly. going into the next one? Okay, but that's not like anything to do with Portland. I'm saying looking internally at sporting alone and their performance in the, in the semifinal. I think what, Rubio should set out. Yeah, <laughs> nice say, that's, one, Dad. That's gonna be the only difference, I believe, right? Just that that we're gonna be missing. No, Rubio. but like, what cha- do are there changes that you see that Sporting that they need to make? Was there something defensively, offensively in the midfield that was looking shaky, or moments that you think need to be corrected going into? Yes. Well, that's what's yeah. pissed me off because some people are so naive to think that Peter Vermees is not going to have this team ready to play Portland in Portland. <laughs> Come on. Don't yeah. we have a history of going to places, Atlanta, L.A., blah, 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 and pulling off a result yeah, because if, Peter has them ready to if play? If you're out there thinking, oh, man, that defense looked really bad. We're, exactly. th- we're not going to have any chance against Portland. Do you think Peter Vermees is like, oh, yeah, we're great. We're well, good. <laughs> what? What? Did you see Wait, Matt what? Doyle's tweet? Vermees oh, is I'm m- feeling pretty good about picking Portland to win the West now. <laughs> Vermees like, is more up. angry at oh, the defense. Yeah. Than I appreciate. You are. I, I yeah. did not see that because I don't follow his dumbass. Um, yeah, he's proven. Seriously, way too I wanted many to times. say, shut the bleeping up. Who said that, Doyle? Yes. My my greatest hope, besides Sporting winning the MLS Cup at this point, is that. Freaking Johan Croze scores three goals in the MLS oh Cup final. I know win it. that I know. <laughs> yes, <gasps> it would be the best. I mean, <sighs> I, like I only hope such great things for him now, just because of what he endured in the beginning of the season, the adjustment that it took him, and just his growth you're just throughout such the a season. Softie. Allie, but you're a softy. You know a, that you it are. It would be like the perfect way to like eclipse <laughs> the end of his first year of sporting. I'm Kansas not a softy, and I completely yeah. agree. With Thank that. you, Dad. That's not but me being a softy. No, I'm not. I appreciate the I'm, work ethic that he brings, and I'm, I think I'm buying a ticket crap. to New York to go kick Doyle's ass. <laughs> that, okay, you guys can't see us, but Dad and I are just like pointing at each other. The pointing us. going on right now. No, it's not just Allie, and it's not just that. It's not just us. Like, uh, there, uh, whenever Kraze went into that game, there was a the thought in the press box was that he was going to score. Multiple people said it, and everyone agreed. It was like, oh, he's definitely going to score. Like, so everyone, everyone hey, feels assistant. that. Which is crazy. Did they give him assist on that? Earlier no, in the okay. season, though, it's like, oh, people are like, oh, God, Kraze's going in the game. What's going to happen? And now it's like, oh, Kraze's going in. We might get a weird goal or like. <laughs> well, it was Quite honestly, funny that because was... the little kid sitting to next, the left of me in the outside press box, uh-huh. when he saw Kraze come on for Russell, he's like. <sighs> there are still people like that. No, I know. I know. <laughs> but those are the people who are just so like diehard Russell that they like invest. Yeah. That they can't see the benefit to both. It's just like <laughs> Russell over everything. Yeah. <laughs> Look, people get an impression and they don't change it because people are stupid. Okay. I'm not people pointing out the worst. It's I don't want to point out this kid or whoever you're yeah, talking yeah. about, right? <laughs> that's calling out this this child that was <laughs> that was in the press box. That's like, let me tell you about Johan Cross. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm more calling out other people at MLS dot dot com. But um No, anyone who doesn't see the benefit of Johan Cross, doesn't follow the team or hasn't done their research or watched enough of sporting Kansas no, City. Allie, okay, so what the hell is Matthew Doyle off. doing? <laughs> 
he is committed to being right. Okay, that's why he he made an opinion early in the year that yeah. he was a bad signing. He's not worthy of a DP, and we've we've had this discussion that DP doesn't mean shit anymore because of Tam and all the way the money is being spent. Yeah, but don't say that on his. Don't reply to him on Twitter that because everyone else will destroy you. I know it from personal experience. But, like, okay, that makes me mad just from the standpoint of, like, when a player comes here, are they automatically assumed to make the immediate impact that the signing is, you know, leading on to believe amongst the fans? I mean, he has proven himself time and time again this season. And, yeah, maybe he came in and he wasn't doing exactly what people thought he was going to in games one, two, and three, but he went on to show that he's – a huge impact player. He can play in many positions. He's versatile. He's scored goals. He's made huge assists. Come up with big plays. It's like, well, and being change okay. your mind, change your opinion. All right, it is good to back up so our frustrated. our feelings with a specific example. Okay. Did you see in extra time when we finally screwed our heads on right and started to use the ball? Did you see him over in the corner? He made like this really nice, nice yes. move. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's like he had that ball on a string. You know? I know I know the yeah. moment you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I, I don't remember what minute exactly, but it's like that was his value in that game right there. Yeah, well, and, and, and I don't even think this was his good game. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. He, he came in at a bad point, at a tough point, and I don't even think this was a good game for him. This was just him being him. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was what was needed at the point to help close out the game. Right, so. and, well, and the difference is he – he caught up with the speed of MLS, which was his biggest inhibitor early on in the season. And now that he's done that, he has the skill, he has the talent, he has the aggression, he has the physicality, he has all those other factors. He caught up with the speed. He's shown his value. It's like to compare to say that he to act like he's the same player now that he was in weeks one, two, three in those first opening months yeah. is just like if, it's if, just poor. That is poor reporting to think that he <laughs> well, to act like he is not. And then, and then knock on him was, you know, the DP label and, you know, how much he's getting paid. But when those salaries were released again, we saw he's the eighth highest paid mm-hmm. player yeah. on the team. That sounds about right to me. Yeah. For, yeah, you, for a guy who plays multiple line, positions, you, yeah. multiple goals and assists, and does all the things that he's done so far. And if you, at the beginning of the season, can say, hey, we got a guy who, you know, is going to play and just going to take it some time to get, you know, his feet under him and... But he's going to score two game-winning goals. He's going to be in at, so importantly when we need at him. five different back. spots. Yeah. Uh, he's going to he's going to fill in for Seth Sinovic, Felipe Gutierrez, left wing, right wing, center forward. Uh, he's going to give you minutes. Uh, he's Roger Espinosa. He's going to fill in for him. He's going to fill in in all these different spots and give you quality play and give you a chance to win a game if he starts and close out a game or win a game if he subs in. You go, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll take that. Like, Sign me up right now. Like, okay. what more do you yeah. ask for? Even if he's not a starting 11 guy, he's a, a top 14 guy for sure. So. And he does, And that's the thing, too. It's like he's someone who mentally he's in a right place. He doesn't come in with it. He's not frustrated if he doesn't start. And if he com- whether he's coming off the bench or in the starting, in the starting lineup, he doesn't, he doesn't play any different. He comes in and is ready whatever the tasks Peter Hermes throws at him, which, as we've seen, is anything. So, <laughs> you know. I think we should look back at history. This team has been successful and won MLS Cups when they've had a, a Scotsman with attitude on it, and they've been successful when they've had a Frenchman <laughs> with attitude on it, Aurelien Collins. So I think yeah. we that's what we need. Speaking of the Scotsman, I had a fun moment in the locker room after the game. We're wrapping up here. We're now in extra time. 
uh-huh, making uh-huh, an executive uh-huh. decision. I think you're going to bring up what I was going to bring up. Go ahead. Um, well, I don't think so. Um, okay. Well, so uh, they brought out beer. They brought beer into the locker room. Of Are you going to say what he said? Go ahead. Sorry, I'll shut up. I don't. I think I was the Did only. Just stop interrupting there. him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he he goes over and he and he was like, "Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, I am going to say that. Okay. Yes, he was. He like did an interview and was like." And then everyone walked away and went and talked to somebody else, and he like kind of saw that he was alone and was like, all right, t- now it's time to get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then so he walks over and he grabs uh, a Corona. You know, there was like an odd assortment. There was like Bud Light and Corona and, and you know, I don't know, odd odd just mass brewery choices. An, an odd assortment of protein energy drinks. Not for yeah. us. <laughs> and so, so he grabs a Corona, and I was staying in there, and I was like, you know, it was just interesting t- to me. A Scotsman, like, what do you grab out of this lineup here? And he grabbed the Corona, and I was like, I was like, oh, Corona, eh? And he goes, he goes, oh well, I'm looking for the whiskey next. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't think you noticed it was delivered. There was a brown paper bag showed up on his chair. Oh, of, of whiskey? Yeah. That's oh, no, awesome. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, a little bit after he all that interview stuff, and I, I think we talked to Shallowy or somebody else afterwards, and. Because Johnny was giving him shit, there was a brown a brown paper bag sitting on his chair. He pulls it out. It was some brand I've never seen before, but I'm assuming it's I don't know. It's his his drinkable. Brand. His, uh, his brand of whiskey. So it it could have been something other than whiskey, but it was a bottle of alcohol, and he pops the top and. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and there was another another good moment. You were talking earlier. Beesler seems to maybe be acting a little differently than we have seen yeah. mm-hmm. in years past. And yeah, we've talked about that on this pod, on how robotic he is in his answers so often yeah, and been throughout his career. But yes, that's definitely a thing I have noticed this year as well. And after this game in particular, you know, like we saw him, that, that Instagram of him roaring, you know, that was, that was a great picture. And he was, he was like, he was on one after the game, just in d- a different mode than I have ever seen before. Uh, everyone else had already come out, and he just—I don't even know. I we might I might have to cut this out. We should probably ask Robo if I'm even allowed to like say all of this. But he he strolls out of the bathroom, already has the beer. So he was drinking the shower, a beer in the shower, like, like as that's the best time. Some. That's the I best mean, time know. to drink a beer, by the way. Shower <laughs> beers are great. You should all try it. So he took his beer in the shower, and he, and he comes out of the shower, obviously already like drinking it, and doesn't even like he's just. So, feeling so good, he doesn't even fully put on the towel. Like he just is like covering, holding the towel in one hand over himself, and holding a beer in the other. He was just like strolling around, like he was just feeling very good, just so relaxed. Do you wonder though if, like again, some of these new players, some of this new edge and the level the team's playing, do you think that it makes him feel less obliged to be? the stoic like le- you know like leader of do you know, maybe feel like he doesn't feel as much of the weight of that responsibility seeing that all of you know and in each position there is strong leadership there's a sense of understanding of what needs to be done maybe more so than in teams past where he Could doesn't be. where he can be a little bit more like you know less like hey Matt Beasley you're the face of sporting Kansas City you're the leader you're the captain that's it boom done and well, that's know. that's a really interesting – we could probably talk for, like, a really long time about that. But I think, you know, like, whenever Beesler was named captain, he didn't 
even really necessarily have like all the qualities of like an outspoken, uh, you know what I mean? It, 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 he wasn't all necessarily all the way there yet. And I think just like maybe even the kind of person he is wasn't sure of himself in that role yet. And I think for, you know, the beginning of him, he was trying to figure it out. He, he didn't want to do anything wrong. He was listening to what he was supposed to do and making sure he did it all right. And, you know, this team is very strict in, in that regard as well. And he just had a lot of responsibility put on him. And he, he was probably just being safe and careful, didn't want to mess it up. And then now that he's matured, he's in, you know, the, the back end of it. He's a, he's a veteran now. And he knows what he's doing. I think we're just seeing him way more comfortable and relaxed. Well, I th- yeah, I I think there's a a progression to this though. Early on, he was a little bit more talkative um, when he became captain. Yes, he had to grow into that role, but he was never he was never going to be that like he was not that uh, aggressive out there like yelling at people kind of guy, right? Yeah. He's much more leader by example. I'm gonna. I'm going to show you in the training room that I'm going to do every single thing you should ever do. I'm going to show the you quiet like quiet leader. I'm going to do everything on the field, um, every roll of the ball, all that stuff, right? Which is not often the the captain. It's not, but anyway, um, he was more vocal at the beginning. But there was that one uh, time where the press basically screwed him over with uh, the national team. And oh yeah, he was asked a question because it was uh, Jurgen Klinsmann said about players aren't fit to come into camp and. January and all that stuff, and uh, somebody asked him about it, and he goes, I, "I'm fit. I'm supposed to be fit for the beginning of my season, not for January camp." And, and I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he wasn't saying anything bad about Klinsman or anything like that. But a lot of media nationally turned it into something like he was criticizing Klinsman, and all of a sudden he didn't go to the next camp and blah blah blah. Right. So yeah. after that, he was extremely robotic. Every time you asked him a question. You saw the thought process. He would take ten seconds oh, you to answer. Could see him thinking about it. Yeah, uh, Matt, did uh, did you enjoy the game today? <laughs> <laughs> it was extremely good for the club, and that was almost how he would answer. I mean, I'm I'm not exaggerating by a whole lot. Yeah, he's and, not. And he again, he's such a good player. And there's this is not criticism of him as a person or a player or as a captain. It's just observing how he's went through this progression. Mm-hmm. I've not always been happy with because he was so robotic. I quite honestly, I stopped asking to talk to him after games because mm-hmm. the answers were not worth staying after a long time to get right. But this year, it's changed a bit, and it's and as the years went on, it's changed more. As as this year has went on, it's changed more and more and more. And I think you might have hit it that he's not. I think there's two things to it. One that he does not have all the responsibility of leadership because he's got guys experienced in, you know, playing in England uh, on every line and, you know, in the national teams and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. Right? He's got all that experience. So he's got all that experience. And the other thing is he's probably out of the national team picture, so he can just say whatever the hell he wants. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think all of that is probably letting him be a little bit more natural, and he's that, that fire of... Johnny Russell and Felipe and Espinoza are rubbing off on him a little bit. But I will say... Even Ilya's looking more fired up this year. (laughs) No, I mean, like you said, there are a lot of experienced players who have the qualities that can make up for this almost... (laughs) The team has a lot of captains almost that kind of all come together into this one, you know, primary leader. But I thought it was interesting. I read Sam McDowell's story on Beasler. It's like Transformers. Exactly. That's who they are. That's Sporting Kansas City. 
But it was actually, it was interesting reading Sam's story on Beasler. Matt Beasler seems to be a little bit of a perfectionist almost. Like there were some lines in the story, some glimpses into his time at Notre Dame, you know, beating himself up, getting a 94 over a 98 on a test. Or, you know, just situations like that where growing up with his brothers, wanting to be, you know, being ultra competitive, always trying to be the best. Even in his early years with Sporting Kansas City, Graham Zussi gets called up to the national team before he does. He puts the names of all of the players who were called up before he was in the same position on a sticky note, on his mirror, looking at it every morning as he grabs his gym bag. That's who Matt Beasler is. He wants to be the best that he can be, and I think that translated a lot into his approach with media, never wanting to slip up and say the wrong thing. He's not just representing Sporting Kansas City. He's representing his hometown. So I think there was a lot of different aspects to his role as a captain that came down on his shoulders as the captain of this team. It has like a face of the city as sporting, you know, grew in terms of popularity over the last few years. So as you guys were talking, I decided I'm going to write a, a lengthy article about Beesler in the off season. <laughs> if we don't get it to it first. No. Dibs. <laughs> I'm already, I'll, I'll get some stuff this week at training. I'm like, I have so many questions for Matt Beesler right now, but, but yeah, no, it, it's cool though. Like I just, you know, like we've said, this team's different and I think, Beasler's adaptation to this team has been excellent to watch because he's owned it in like true captain form. He hasn't felt any sorts of like loss of power. If anything, he's embraced the other um, components that add to the power of the leadership and just the experience on this team. I think as a captain, he's now got his lieutenants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are on Veterans Day, paying right. the nicest tribute. Well done with that, Thad. Well done. <laughs> okay. Um, does anyone have anything else we should touch on? How about that back heel by Johnny that Shell oh, didn't finish? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. As sweet. you know, I always do. I did write the recap, and I did have my spot in, in the press box, but I did go to the cauldron, as always, like for a little bit, and I was down there in the cauldron for that, and, man, that one had people – people were losing their minds over that one. <laughs> Johnny said that that was the easiest one he had, too. He should have scored. <laughs> you could just see what he was like. He wanted to do it for, like, that whole play. You could just see the thought process the whole time. <laughs> that was very difficult, and he pulled it off somehow. It, it's fun, too, talking to Johnny, because, like, there's a nice rivalry between him and Daniel. Oh, yeah. And you, you ask Johnny, like, on the record, you know, the mic, you know, microphone's pointed at him, and, you know, oh, a little jealous of, you know, Daniel getting the two goals, or, you know, and he asking me a question like that. Oh no, it's great for Daniel. You know, it's great for this, and it's good for the team. And he's such a good lad, and all that stuff. <laughs> as soon as you like turn everything off and turn away, he goes, "Yeah, screw him." <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that Scottish accent? He again? was trying. I, not I was, got there, but no, he no, tried. no. Actually, I pulled back from doing it. I it was sounded, trying not to do it. <laughs> it sounded Russian to begin with, Russian? and then you pulled back from the Russian because <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, People listening, if anyone is listening still, <laughs> hey, we, Alec, this is a pretty darn good podcast. Actually, I, I thought it was. I thought it was good. We covered a lot of good stuff. It was a great game. Everyone wants to talk That's about that, editing. right? Yeah. If yeah. Cody doesn't cut some stuff out, you might want to skip the first ten minutes. <laughs> oh, I'm no, cutting. it was like the first fifteen yeah, I'm minutes. Cutting, I'm cutting like fifteen out. <laughs> I'll 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 go through and listen. I'll 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 do some painstaking editing. For painstaking, it. yeah. That's our host, Cody Bradley. But yeah, we will have, uh, we're going to do a preview one, obviously. We got a couple weeks to prepare for it. 
So start researching all the Portland players. <laughs> yeah. And Don't for all you fans listening, be on the lookout for our coverage coming up in the next couple weeks on bluetestament.com, Twitter, Instagram. Good Dad's got some great photos from Daniel's glorious no-look goal and just other stuff coming up. We're going to be getting those hard-hitting answers to your questions no, no, no. Here. We don't have answers. We no, have I said we're going to be getting <laughs> partial. We're going to be getting partial answers to your questions. Oh, wait a minute. We had a group wonderful story earlier today that it was giving wonderful, wonderful. Yes. You even no, commented on that. using the word wonderful. What's and this I coming think to? A lot of us, I think a lot of us had, as our discussion evolved, some questions that we are ready to take to training this week, and we will bring the answers back to all of you leading up to Has Portland. training schedule come out yet? Not yet. Okay. I have not no. received the email quite yet. They're Patrick, if you're listening, we're waiting. Patrick's Again? working on it right now. It'll, it'll send it <laughs> yeah, out the first sure thing in the morning. Actually, he'll, he'll probably send it out tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. Probably it'll, it'll go out or, in the morning, I bet. Yeah. First training will be Wednesday, probably. Yeah, most likely. Because they had played Sunday. And there's um, and that was interesting, too. Somebody asked Beasler about you know what's up for the next two weeks. And he's, he, got, he, that, he went into a little bit more of his robotic at that point. I'm sure Coach will have a good plan for how to keep us in rhythm. <laughs> and he's like, I don't think that was actually the question. Okay, doesn't it have to include a scrimmage against the Rangers? I mean, at some point? Well, Beasler actually said that we'll probably do a scrimmage like yeah. next Sunday to keep us in rhythm or right. something like that. Yeah. But I don't – a lot of the Rangers are probably gone. You think? I mean, there's there's still some of them around because they've been in training. I saw yeah. um, the guys who are under contract, obviously, but also Justin Bilyeu, um couple other ones. Well, I mean, all colleges are out of training too, right? What? All college teams are out of training too. I'm just looking at the options that they could scrimmage against. But That would be worthless. Do an intra-squad scrimmage too. Speaking yeah. of people who are in town, Uh-oh. say your story again. I know you said it while we were on the air, but I'm going to cut that part out because we said a lot of nonsense. Oh, oh Eric Palmer Brown. Yeah, saw, EPB him, saw him today. Is at, back uh, in the city. Goods. Yeah, yeah. He was not happy with waking up to the snow, which I don't blame him. Which, he, he which is... led him to go buy some socks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but no, he was talking about his club team in the Netherlands. Which and, is uh, they're struggling. Which is NAC Breda, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who is in the relegation zone currently. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he hadn't been getting time. He's getting some lately. And uh, asked him about the manager. He said, "Oh, the manager's fine. Just you know, it's difficult when your team's struggling." And uh, he seemed fairly upbeat about it. Well, that is, I mean, not that he was going to say anything else to you but sure, that, exactly. that was interesting to hear what he would say about the manager because i you know i he was given like i i so i do the the yanks abroad thing and he got like one start and did really bad and then didn't start for uh-huh. a very long time after that and so i was like you know i was curious to you know what he would say about his manager well there was a little bit of a um how can i describe this a little bit of a maybe a shake of the head when i first uh-huh. asked the question yeah. But then the words came out that you'd expect him to say. But well, so I mean, it was a subtle thing. thing. You know, he you know he knew that it was going to be a struggle over there. Like oh, yeah. that, that's a that's a fight in those in those European leagues, man. You know what I regretted not asking him after he left though was like I just wanted to ask him the question. Okay, how does it compare to MLS? I wanted to ask yeah. him that I forgot to. He's at least some kid. I would like to do a I would like to do a piece on him as well at some point. He comes in pretty often when he's in town. All right. That seems funny that he comes all the way to Lee Summit to go to Dick's. I mean, don't they have, like, sporting goods stores in Europe? But, like, Europe? the best socks in the country or the world. Socks. Socks. Need socks? You need Why socks? Why did my voice do that? All right. <laughs>
Okay, um, until, until next time, fans, if we have any, go sporting! Yeah.